Well, good morning and welcome to Church at Home this morning. My name is Chris Corbin and I'm the pastor at Ritson Road Alliance Church. We are so honored that you are here with us this morning. Uh, from wherever you are watching from or even however you find yourself watching, whether it's on church online platform or Facebook, we're just so glad that you are here with us to spend the next 40 minutes together. Uh, I was just thinking, if you've been impacted or blessed by these experiences, it would mean the world to us if you would share them. Whether that's a like on Facebook or sending a link to your friend, it really does go a long way. And it's such an effective way to share the word about our church and, and really the gospel message. And if you've been blessed or impacted by the ministry here at Ritz and Road Alliance Church and you want to partner with us in making a difference in other people's lives, I'd invite you to contact Maria at our church office to discuss options for giving. Everything happens because of your generosity. And so we want to say a huge thank you for being such a generous church that you are. This morning, I want to invite you to engage really in whatever way you feel comfortable. Our hope is that you would encounter and experience God's incredible love for you, wherever you are watching, however you are watching. And so maybe you want to engage in the chat window with others that are watching, or maybe you want to invite somebody to pray for you, or maybe you're just comfortable curling up under a blanket on your couch. We hope that whatever way you, are, you feel comfortable engaging, that you would encounter God's love, and, it would, and you would allow it to bring transformation to your life from the inside out. And so without any further ado, I just want to invite you to get ready and join with us because our weekend service starts. But what a powerful song of worship. And what an incredible truth that the God of all creation wants to bless you and your life and your family. Today, I want to pray over you a blessing as well. And it comes from Numbers chapter 6. And it's God speaking to Moses. And God is telling Moses to give these instructions to Aaron and the priests and this is the way that they are to bless the people of Israel. And it says, Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Well, that is such an incredible blessing. And I hope that it's a reminder to you that God's protection, his love, and his grace are always turned towards you. And maybe today you were in a place where you needed to be reminded of this blessing. Or maybe you're in a spot where you actually just need to receive it for the first time. And so I want to invite you that wherever you are to simply be still. To put out your hands in a posture of receiving. And I want you to invite, invite you to receive this blessing. To say, God, I receive your blessing. As I turn my heart towards you and as I acknowledge my need for you, I receive all that you have for me. Let me pray for you. And so, Father God, we thank you for your love and your grace that are extended towards us. That your protection surrounds us and, and your favor rests upon us because we are your people and you love us. And so, Lord, may we know your grace and may we know your love and your favor today. And may we experience all of the blessings that you have for us as we encounter 
your presence and your peace. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're continuing on our series entitled, Who Are You? And we've been exploring our identity as followers of Jesus Christ. And today we're on part two of the truth that in Christ, we are no longer slaves, but free. We've been studying the story of Moses and the people of Israel in their exodus out of slavery from Egypt and into their rest and into the promised land. For the people of Israel, taking hold of their identity as free people really meant more than just a physical escape from bondage and slavery and oppression. It also meant that they had to find freedom from a slavery mindset. This morning I want to address the fact that as followers of Jesus, if we want to embrace the truth that in Christ we are no longer slaves but free, we also have to recognize our own slavery mindsets and allow God to transform our ways of thinking and our ways of living. When we left the people of Israel, they had just marched out of this place of slavery and bondage under Egypt with boldness. And now they are free. They, but they find themselves in this foreign land. And so that's where we are picking up the account this morning. And so not only do the, the Israelites find themselves in a foreign land, they find themselves in what I would describe as a liminal space. And a liminal space is defined as a transitional or transformative space. It's a waiting area between one point in time and space and the next. And the reason I say that the people of Israel were in a liminal space is Although Moses has led them out of this physical slavery, their bondage and oppression under Egypt, and now they're, they're now in this new land, they haven't yet entered into God's rest. They haven't yet entered into the promised land. Instead, we actually find Moses and the people of Israel at the base of Mount Sinai, where God is meeting with Moses to give the people instructions on how to live as God's people as those who are now free. I've often taken for granted the reality that the people of Israel, they would have had to learn a whole new way of living, a whole new way of thinking. They might have been physically free, but they wouldn't have known how to live as free people. We have to remember that they have been slaves their whole lives. For more than 400 years, the only life that they had known was bondage and oppression. Generations upon generations of the people of Israel living as slaves. And so the only way they knew how to think, the only way they knew how to act was as slaves. And so this is what we call a slavery mindset. And so here we are at the base of Mount Sinai and the people are free from their bondage, but yet they, have, they haven't figured out how to live out that freedom. And so Moses, the leader, goes up to the mountain and he, he's meeting with God. And from Exodus chapters 20 to verse, chapters 31, we see God giving Moses instructions. He is teaching Moses how the Israelites are meant to live as the chosen and free people of God. At this point, Moses has been gone a really long time. And the people are starting to get antsy. We have to remember that they don't know how to live apart from this slavery mindset. 
They've been conditioned to worship false gods, to serve them tirelessly and without end. And so in the face of unknown and uncertainty, without Moses there to guide them, they eventually turn back to their old ways of living, their old ways of servitude to false gods, to idols. And in Exodus chapter 32, we read this. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't even know what's happened to him. And if you think about it, how quickly did the people forget the mighty hand of God? The God that had just led them out of slavery and into freedom, let alone the miracle of crossing the Red Sea on dry ground. Can you picture having just experienced that? And yet here they are, they're turning away. They're forgetting the things that God has done for them to lead them into freedom. And yet, I could ask us the same question about how quickly do we forget the things that God has done for us? Giving in to the pressure of the people, Aaron, he obliges them. And so he gathers from the people gold. And he takes the gold that he gathers from them and he forms it into a golden idol in the shape of a calf. Moses ends up coming down from the mountain and he delivers a rebuke to the people and and God actually punishes the people for their sins. As I was reflecting on the actions of the Israelites this past week, I, I realized just how easy it is to actually resonate with them, particularly in our current situation. You know, it feels like we are in a similar kind of liminal space that the Israelites were in. Our old ways of living have been interrupted. And we're in this space of waiting. And we've been waiting for some time now. And I think that the longer we wait, the more impatient and uncomfortable we become. I know that for myself, the longer this time of isolation has been going on, the more I've actually found myself longing and thinking about the way things were. It certainly doesn't help that the world around us just seems to be in such a hurry to return to the way things were before. And so I think this is exactly what the people of Israel might have experienced. Their circumstances were uncomfortable, and they were longing for something that would make them feel normal again. They were longing to, to return to the life that they had known and, and the way that they had experienced the world around them. And so they demanded a new master to serve because that's what they knew. And so that's why they asked Aaron to make them a, a God to follow. And Aaron forges the golden calf. I want to take a moment and share with you a poem that was shared with me recently. It's entitled, We've All Been Exposed by Sarah Bournes. And it reads like this. We've all been exposed, not necessarily to the virus, maybe, who even knows? We've all been exposed by the virus. Corona is exposing us. Exposing our weak sides, exposing our dark sides, exposing what normally lays far beneath the surface of our souls, hidden by the invisible masks we wear, now exposed by the paper masks we can't hide far enough behind. Corona is exposing our addiction to comfort, 
our obsession with control, our compulsion to hoard, our protection of self. Corona is peeling back our layers, tearing down our walls, revealing our illusions, leveling our best laid plans. Corona is exposing the gods we worship, our health, our hurry, our sense of security, our favorite lies, our secret lusts, our misplaced trust. Corona is calling everything into question. What is the church without a building? What is my worth without an income? How do we plan without certainty? How do we love despite risk? Corona is exposing me, my mindless numbing, my endless scrolling, my careless words, my fragile nerves. We've all been exposed, our junk laid bare, our fears made known, the band-aid torn, the masquerade done. So what now? What's left? Clean hands, clear eyes, tender hearts. What Corona reveals, God can heal. Come, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. You know, what an incredible poem. What incredible thoughts that stir up from that. I think our current reality is exposing the ways we once lived. It's exposing the idols we have worshipped. It's exposing the attachments that we have, the things that we hold on to. I think for some, it's exposing the sins that we turn to. For others, it's exposing how uncomfortable we are with rest and being still. It's revealing that although we claim to be free, we are in, in fact still slaves. We are slaves to our own sinful habits. And we are slaves to our prideful ways of living. I would ask you these questions and take some time to consider them. But have you become aware of the idols that you worship? During this time, have you acknowledged any of the sinful patterns in your life? Are you able to acknowledge the ways of living that maybe have held you captive, that have held you into like a slavery mindset? I think if we're honest, it's really more this reality of feeling exposed that has created such an uncomfortable space. Certainly there's fear and we want to acknowledge the, the, the seriousness of the situation. But we don't like feeling exposed. We don't like feeling uncomfortable and, and unprotected even. And I think although we've come to a place where we're starting to feel as though we're adjusting or coping, we recognize that this is in no way how we were meant to live. And so there's this part of us that is longing and is waiting for life to return to the way it was. Or even rather that we would enter into what's coming next. We would have a new way of living that we could turn to right away. Just like the people of Israel, turning back to new gods. As I said before, for the Israelites, learning what it means to be no longer slaves but free wasn't just about becoming free from the physical bondage and slavery. It was also about learning to be free from the mindsets of slavery that ruled over them. Can I encourage you with this? 
God in no way wants us to return to our old ways of living. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that everything about our lives before the pandemic was bad or, or even wrong. Or, or even the, the things that we did before we come to Christ. But I believe that God is wanting to remove those aspects of our lives that keep us in bondage and keep us from pursuing him and entering into his presence. From knowing the freedom that comes from God. In Galatians 5 verse 1, Paul, who is writing to the church in Galatia, says this. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul is saying, don't go back to the old ways of living. Don't turn back to empty religion. Don't turn back to, to sin and, and the sin patterns that we held on to. Don't go back to the ways of living that are going to keep you captive, that are going to keep you slaves. And so the question becomes, how do we keep from turning back to the yoke of slavery? And I think if we turn back to the account of Moses and the people of Israel, we actually find a dialogue that takes place between God and Moses that I think will help give us some insight. It's found in Exodus chapter 33. It's right after the whole golden calf catastrophe. And we see Moses has been regularly entering into the presence of God. He's coming before God and he's presenting the requests and the petitions of the people. And so we find Moses and he's inquiring of God. And, and starting in verse 12, we read this. It says, You have said, God, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replies to Moses saying, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. So Moses keeps pressing and says, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? You see, Moses recognized that it was in knowing the ways of God and having the very real presence of God among the people that would lead them into this place of rest and freedom. It was the ways of God and the presence of God that would set them apart from all the other peoples everywhere. I believe that right now God is wanting to do a transformative work in the lives of his people. He's wanting to do a transformative work in our lives. And I believe that if we are open to waiting upon the Lord, that God will use this time to detox us from our slavery mindsets, from all of the things that hold us captive. And we can actually learn what it means to live as free people, who enter into the rest of God. I've become convinced that God is developing something in me. And I hope that he's developing something in you during this time. And that is this. It's a complete and total reliance on him. It's a stripping away of everything 
so that we can focus solely on Jesus. Meister Eckhart, who was a German theologian, once wrote, To be empty of all things is to be full of God. And to be full of created things is to be empty of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to be full of God. And so the question becomes, how do we strip ourselves of everything that isn't God? The answer is simple. Sabbath. Sabbath. Silence, stillness, and worship of God. Next to Jesus coming and, and dying on the cross to pay the, the price for our sins, I believe that Sabbath is one of the single greatest gifts that God could ever give his people. To help them become free. To know what it means to, to put aside their slavery mindsets. Psalm 62, the psalmist writes this. He says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. The psalmist understood that rest and salvation, freedom, they go hand in hand. One of the key elements to living as those who are no longer slaves but free people is really to live as people who are at rest. Every other way of living, every other worship of false god or idol requires work. It requires sacrifice endlessly and tirelessly. Slaves are meant to work endlessly and tirelessly. But God's people, we are no longer slaves. And in God's kingdom, there is a place of rest. And this is one of the reasons why the Lord instituted the Sabbath. Sabbath is intentional time set aside to focus on God. It is the opportunity for God's people to stop striving, to rest from their work, to rest from all of the things that, that steal their focus and their time, and to simply be, to be in the presence of the God who loves them. What an excellent and amazing opportunity. For some, I recognize that the ability to be still and silent before God, it might be hard right now. For some, isolation means that the days flow into one another and it's really kind of hard to keep track of time. For others, you're bombarded by kids or, or even jobs that need your attention in this time. For some of you, Sabbath might come easy. But whatever your situation. I would urge you to receive this time as an invitation from God. An invitation from Him to surrender yourselves fully and completely. To begin to build into your life the practices of silence and stillness and rest before God. Maybe you just need to find time each day, even if it's just five minutes to start, to simply sit in the presence of God. To invite Holy Spirit to teach you how to push aside all of the distractions, all of the idols and all of the things that we worship, all of the things that steal our time. To invite the Holy Spirit to silence all of the outside voices so that we can dwell and rest in the presence of the Lord and so that we can learn his ways. Moses knew that unless we emptied were emptied of ourselves, 
and that we were filled with the presence of God, we are no different than all of the other people everywhere. We are still slaves. Maybe this is a season where God is wanting to fill us so full of his presence that everywhere we go, everywhere, every person that we encounter would recognize our freedom and they would recognize that God is with us because we have bathed, we have rested and dwelt in his presence. That's my heart's prayer for each one of us. Let's take a few moments and let's pray. So Father God, we come to you and Lord, you are leading us into a place where we are no longer slaves. That we are free people. And it is in this freedom that we are able to find rest. Rest in your presence. Rest to know your ways and to seek your face. And so Lord, in this time where we have opportunity to focus on you, may we empty ourselves of everything that is not you. May we strip aside all of the idols. May we strip aside all of the false ways of thinking. And may we turn completely and fully to you. And may we know what it means to walk in your freedom and in your rest. And pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. My prayer for you is that you would leave knowing God's freedom, that you would encounter his presence and you would find rest.